CBS presents this program in color. the Christmas Penguin! Merry Christmas! Now, you may be asking yourself, what do penguins have to do with Christmas anyway? And down at the South Pole, we all love to listen to the Spud Goodman Christmas special every Christmas, and it's starting right now! Yay! So here's Accordion Joe to start things off. Merry Christmas! Jingle bell time is a swell time to go a rockin' in a one house sleigh. Oh, yep, jingle horse, pick up your feet, jingle around the clock. Mixing the jingle in a jingle in time. That's the jingle bell, that's the jingle bell, that's the jingle bell ride. It's the Spud Goodman Show, and here he is, Mr. Yuletide himself, Spud Goodman! Greetings, and our Ola. Oh, and Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Happy Hanukkah, and of course, I guess I hope everyone's also having a festive Kwanzaa. My name is Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <laughs> And you are listening to our annual holiday special. Now, now you can get nitpicky here and challenge us for, with our use of the term special, but come on, look into your heart and give us a break. Man. In my mind, if a show plays one single holiday song, it automatically qualifies to be a special. That's, that's my take. Um, you know, the songs that will be heard on this episode are really only legally able to be played during this time of the year. Uh, due to, I, th I think it's like a quaint FCC regulation from like the 1930s. So yeah, th this episode is going to be really, really special, alright? Buckle up and prepare to be entertained with massive amounts of holiday cheer. Like it or not. Christmas! Ha! Bah! Humbug! Now say hello to our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, can you give us a decent holiday guffaw? Oh, oh, that will be a little difficult. Can I just go with a holiday snicker? Yeah, I, I guess, but it does set the tone that a half-ass effort, you know, is okay with everyone on the show, and it, oh. it's not with me. I, oh. I would prefer you to... Oh, all right. A little more effort? Here is a holiday guffaw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I'm talking about. Well done, Aunt Dorothy. Good. Um, yeah, now I'm required to acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, because it's Christmas, you can say a few words. The key word here is a few. Oh, a, a few? Wow. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, well, first of all, I want to wish everyone listening a happy holiday season. You know, this is a very sacred time of the year right now to me, as as we yeah, all. Okay, if I may interrupt, are you in the process I... of exploiting my generosity and making this a Yule time filibuster? Again, we are here in the sanctuary of democracy. Well, 
I mean, it, de it depends on how you define the term Yuletide filibuster. I, normally, I'm only allowed three to seven words in my initial statement to the listeners. But, yeah, well. Spud, given the fact that this is a special, I would think you would grant me the appropriate amount of time to express yeah, okay. my sincere... I, I think I made a crucial error in my use of the term special earlier. Well, so I would like to walk that back. Um, from here on out, we are now doing a non-special holiday episode. What? Re really? I Listen, I don't think that's even possible at this point in the show. You know, once a show has been labeled as a special, it, it can't be taken back. It's pretty much a done deal. So please, would you reconsider your walk back? Oh, brother, can I jump in here? This show yes. is starting to go off the rails with this bickering about what to call this thing. I'm not bickering. You are. I think we need to focus on the spirit of Christmas and celebrate that. I don't think so. Uh, you know, Aunt Dorothy, I appreciate you trying to mediate here, but it's a little tough, you know, to take holiday advice from you. I mean, you have never, ever even put up a Christmas tree or any decorations that I can remember. Hmm. You, you told me when I was like five or six that Christmas was for mindless robots. And... But, you know, you did give really good presents, you know, when I was a little kid. Oh, it stopped yeah. then, but it was, for that well, period of time, they were great. I know, I know, yes. In the past, I've been somewhat of a Christmas skeptic, but people can change, you know. I now have a greater appreciation of the true spirit of the holiday season. With Razzleberry dressing. You know, that is so gratifying to hear that, Mrs. Jarvitz. I got to tell you, it is never too late to come around and prevent an eternity spent in the pits of hell with Satan. Spud, the show's orchestra accordion Joe is on the line. He oh. wants to play a Christmas song over the phone. What should I tell him? Well, tell him we'll put, I don't know, uh, put him on hold, wait a couple seconds, and then hang up as, as our first guest is about to call in. Yes. Oh. Okay. But when I tell him we're putting him on hold, he's going to cuss me out again. Just take one for the team. Mm. Uh, say, Aunt Dorothy, can I ask if your current illicit relationship with our community college intern chance over there ha has had any influence on your holiday flip-flop? Well, yes. Um, this time of year is very important to chance. So I guess that may have influenced my reassessment. He does love Christmas. So you have to, like, buy him a present? Like, the rule in our family, remember, was no presents for those over age 12. Uh, I won't lie, I was really pissed off at you and my parents during my teenage years because all my friends would still get really cool stuff from their aunts and uncles and obviously from their parents. I mean, uh, I, uh, aunts and uncles were always good for at least cash, oh, okay? Brother. And your Scrooge-like approach really impacted me emotionally. And it only makes common sense. Oh, I just felt kids should not be morally corrupted by showering them with material items back then. I cared enough for you to avoid this damaging behavior. Now, since I've been with Chance, he's caused me to learn how gratifying it is to exchange gifts with loved ones over 12, too. I would now, like huh? to say something. Giving a gift to someone you don't truly love is a meaningless gesture. Dorothy and I have a bond that makes the exchange of presents so darn fulfilling. Everything oh, really? on the list of gifts I would like to receive this Christmas mean a great deal to me. I'm really looking forward to Christmas morning. A toy? 
Aunt Dorothy, I, I sure hope you didn't, like, go overboard and get Chance everything on his list. I mean, talk about corrupting another human being's soul. One present is more than enough, and try to keep it under 20 bucks. It will only make him stronger. Yes! But out of this, bud. This is between Dorothy and I. <laughs> yeah, no. She was my aunt before she was your girlfriend, dude. Wow. And now I'm being told it's time for our musical guest, you know, to play a festive holiday tune, and I'll be speaking with him a little later. Say hello to a show favorite, Mr. Kai Alfred Hillig. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know Make my wish come true All I want for Christmas is you I don't want a lot for Christmas There is just one thing I need I don't care about the presents Underneath the Christmas tree I don't need to hang my stocking There under the fireplace Santa Claus won't make me happy With a toy on Christmas Day Cause I just want you for my own More than you could ever know Make my wish come true All I want for Christmas is you I won't ask for much this Christmas I don't even wish for snow I'm just gonna keep on waiting Underneath the mistletoe I won't make a list and send it To the North Pole for St. Nick I won't even play awake To hear those magic reindeer click Cause I just want you here tonight Holding on to me so tight What more can I do? All I want for Christmas is you I don't want a lot for Christmas This is all I'm asking for I just want to see my baby Walking right inside the door I just want you for my own More than you could ever know Make my wish come true All I want for Christmas is you I said all I want for Christmas Is you You're listening to the Spud Goodman Christmas Special. Hey, this is Tony Dow from uh, the Leave It to Beaver show, and you are listening to the Spud Goodman show, which is kind of a goofy thing to be doing, but hang in there. Uh, Spud, your first guest, Alicia Witt, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, I'm ready for her. You, you, you do know she is starring in her sixth 
Hallmark Christmas movie that is airing right now. Uh, we're taping it on our VCR, but uh, our family plans to watch it on Christmas Eve. Please call me Winter. It's a Holcomb tradition. How many again? Six. Okay, fine. I get it. You love the Hallmark Christmas They're movies. They're great. Oh, well, I've enjoyed the Hallmark Christmas movies myself. Oh. A little saccharine at times, but gosh darn, they always make me cry. Okay, this is off the record, but you know, I only saw a commercial for one you know, of their holiday movies last year, and I started bawling. What's with you, Johan? And that's what makes a Hallmark movie so special. You know, how bleak would life be without that channel? Yeah, all right, fine. Yeah. You know, she's also done a ton of really cool TV shows and movies, too, but just put her, put her through. Yeah, here she is. Say hello to actress and singer-songwriter Alicia Witt. We appreciate you checking in with us. Hey, nice to talk to you. Yeah, super. Uh, so you have a Christmas special on the Hallmark Movies and Mystery Channel, uh, Christmas on Honeysuckle Lane, available on demand through the holidays. You're a veteran of Christmas movies, right? It's like the sixth one you've done for the channel, right? It is. It's six in a row now. It's become as much a part of my holiday tradition as it sounds like it's become part of other people's. Yeah. All right. Super. So I'm guessing this movie has a lot of Christmas piece, you know, Christmassy stuff in it, like snow, holiday cheer. And does does maybe Santa make an appearance also? We don't have Santa in this one. Um, you know, the the interesting thing to me about this movie, which I noticed as soon as I first read the script, is that this one has a lot more poignancy to it, as well as all the the family warmth and holiday cheer but we are we're it's me and my two siblings who have come home to the house that we grew up in to have our last christmas there and our first christmas without our mom and dad because they have passed away both of them this past year so it it is all of us trying in our own way to honor their memory and also understanding that we are we are now moving on and holding their traditions alive and processing their passing each in our own way with our own families and oh, um, all right uh, spud yeah what well, you can relate to the situation alicia's character's dealing with you also have lost both of your parents right. and it's always tough during the holiday season i myself am lucky to still have both my parents uh, Alicia, I need a quick moment here. Yeah, it's tough getting up on Christmas morning alone I these know. days. Yeah, I bet. Uh, telling myself Merry Christmas. You know, growing up, we were sort of a messed up family, but during the holidays, we got along okay. I think Christmas carols have a like a subliminal effect on a person's inner brain, sort of like Xanax. Well, I remember your mother and even your father's bud would make every effort to give you and your sister a normal holiday experience. They had an agreement to keep this time of year as free of dysfunction as possible. It wasn't always perfect. No, it wasn't perfect. But, but they at least tried. Yeah. Did, uh, did the family go to church on Christmas uh, Eve or, or Christmas Day? I didn't say we were that normal. Oh. My mom was Jewish, and, and my dad, towards the you know latter years, I think was a Rajneeshi, but you know, we didn't really do the church thing. Anyway, let me get back to Alicia. I have returned. Awesome. Well, let me ask you this. I've always wondered how strange it is for actors to make holiday movies quite often in the middle of summer. Do you really have to dig deep into mm. your acting technique to get your head into a Christmas mood? 
<laughs> you know, it, you don't have to dig deep for that because I have always maintained that there's this thing that happens when you see snow, even when it's fake snow on the ground, you are convinced that it's about 20 degrees cooler than it is. Oh, wow. Um, and I've had this discussion with many other actors. Some of them think I'm just crazy and others understand what I'm talking about. Um, I guess it's harder to convince a big burly fellow who's wrapped up in a big winter jacket and a hat and a scarf when it's 90 degrees outside. He's like, uh, no, it doesn't feel cool. <laughs> I think that would be me. I'd, but, I'd have a hard time. Yeah. Well, you guys, that's why you're actors, though. Yeah, that's why you're actors. That's, that's your skill. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, okay, you're a singer and a musician, too. So, you were involved in that part of the project. Uh, what gives you more joy, going before the camera or on stage performing music? They are very different. I, I get so much joy from each. But, it, I mean, without question, there is such a more personal... Uh, fulfillment that comes from performing my own original songs in front of an audience. It's, it's such a, a, a never, never ending surprise and delight to play something that I wrote in my living room by myself. It's as personal as it gets. And then to have other people listen and, and look out and see that they are being moved in their own way by a song that means a specific thing to me. Um, I, I feel like music is the greatest uniter that we have. I look out over an audience and I know that there are people in that room that have varying political beliefs and varying personal beliefs and whatever else, and they may not think they have anything in common, but there they are listening to my music. Um, and shows are like that, you know? Right. Right. Um, I feel that way when I go to see a show. So I'm just honored that having done this for as long now as I have, it's been about 10 years that I've been playing live shows. Um, now I finally feel really comfortable up there, and, and I, I can't wait to do that for the rest of my life. All right. Um, super. Well, you know, besides films, over your career, you've been in a ton of really, really cool TV shows like Twin Peaks, Friday Night Lights, Justified, <laughs> and The Walking Dead, among others. So... Actually, you're in both editions of Twin Peaks. So, here's my question. Was David Lynch much different on the set 27 years later on the Showtime version? No. It was like stepping back into a time warp. It was the strangest thing because not only was it David that felt familiar because, of course, I've known him since I was seven. And, you know, it's just, it's bonkers to me that he's, he's so familiar from my childhood it almost feels like he's an uncle, and it, it always has whenever I've worked with him. But it wasn't just him. It was like the entire set felt transformed into a time warp, and the only thing that had changed was all of us. We were older, and yet it felt like we were stepping right back where we had left off. Wow. That makes any sense. Um, and, and filming it, I didn't... I mean, none of the actors received any semblance of a script except for Kyle. So I had no idea where my scenes fit in. I didn't know what episodes they were going to be in. And I didn't know what the story was of Caleb's character or even my own character. Um, I only knew that it was the same character because she was called Kirsten in the, in the scenes. But it was 
it was so bizarre. I just had to let go and trust that David knew what he was doing. And obviously, when it's David, you know that he does. Right. Yeah. I guess I should have stated you're you're in Dune also. You know his 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 film. So yeah, you're 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 very close to him. I imagine. Yeah. I I mean, I I am. I doubt. I I don't talk to him all the time. Obviously, but it's you know when I see him, whenever we catch up, it's like no time has passed at all, and he's such a warm and genuinely curious person. He's he cares so much about hearing how my family is doing. He always remembers stories from when we worked together on Dune, and he'll tell whoever's within earshot. And he, I think where he has so much humanity and, and why his movies and, and his work resonate so deeply with people is because he cares so much about other people's life experiences. He's not just being polite. He wants to know. Those are the stories he's interested in. All right. Thanks so much for coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Ms. Alicia Witt. You've just got time to mix yourself a fresh eggnog. The Spud Goodman Gala Christmas Spectacular returns after this brief intermission. Festivity on the Spud Goodman Show Gala Christmas Special. All right, time for some more Christmas tunes, okay? This is White Christmas by the Stiff Little Fingers. Hit it, Dave.
is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. And Dorothy, I, I hope you don't mind me sharing what you, you just told me off the air. I mean, uh, I only saw on your phone a few things from Chance's wish list for presents this Christmas. But damn, the guy sure does wish big. That's so hot. Well, it's not like I bought him everything on the list, bud. And I only showed it to you because, well, you drew his name for this year's office party know, tomorrow. Well, please do not attempt to embarrass him as this is, you know, his love of Christmas. It's not just about presents, you know. Chance, Chance, I'm sorry about this. Well, from what's on his list of present demands, I'd be pretty pumped up about this time of the year, too. Man, all I'll ever get these days is a pair of, like, sweat socks or 50... You know, last year I did get a $15 Jack in the Box gift card. That was kind of cool, but that's about it. Spud, your aunt and I did exchange wish lists for Christmas, and frankly, it's none of your business. Well, maybe not, wow. but... It does sort of, like, make you seem to be a bit of a gold digger. Hey, can a guy be a gold digger? Yeah. <clears throat> you, uh, Spud, you want me to Google that? I, I suppose, uh, what are you talking about? Is that like one of those bisexual terms? Oh, can we change the subject, please? What Chance and I do at Christmas is a personal and an intimate situation. Would you like me to bring up a certain phone bill you asked me to pay off for you as a holiday loan? If I remember correctly, it was over $2,000, and you haven't wow. paid anything back. Yeah, well, okay. You know, I, I, I did let that bill get out of hand. I still really, really appreciate you helping me out. Oh, good. But I, ha you know, I've mentioned on the air, I, I'm not ashamed of this, over the years, my 1-900 phone calling issues. I was lonely back then. You know, and most of the women I talked to were helpful in making me feel good about myself, so the money was well spent. Uh, I saw the billing statements, bud. Some of those calls were over 45 minutes. How yeah. long does it take for a guy to feel good about himself? Jeez. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. Mm. Uh, no comment. You, mm. uh, now, I, I, I don't understand. Spud, you called women on the phone and it cost a couple of thousand dollars? What on earth could they have told you that was worth that much money? Seriously. Yeah, again, no comment. Spud, your goofy Uncle Steve is in the lobby of the studio, as I believe he was banned from the studio, so he's calling yeah. in right now. Um, I, I kind of thought he'd be dropping by. He, he, he didn't like being banned by our executive producer, um, can you tell them we aren't taking any more callers? As, I personally you know, agree with Lori's decision, and as an intern, I don't feel it is in my job duties to lie for you. Wow. Okay. Huh, huh. Well, just remember again, I did draw your name for the office holiday party, and I haven't bought your present yet. With that being said, I just put my uncle through. Wow. I sure hope your uncle does not put that dummy Jerry on the phone. I will never understand why somebody who is not a ventriloquist carries around a ventriloquist <laughs> dummy. Don't use that word. Well, not, he's that, not like that. The relationship, Dummies. it just makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Why so serious? Oh, okay. Uh, uncle Steve, are you, are you there? This is Jerry. Your uncle is indisposed right now. Okay. He's taking a leak in the can, so he put me on. You kept us waiting for like 10 minutes, dude. It wasn't 10 minutes, and, and we both know my uncle is not in the bathroom, all right? Um, uh, I know you guys are out in the lobby, 
and you're not happy about it, uh, I'm sorry about it, all right? But just put him on, please. I'm here, Spud. Uh, you know, I really need to cut back on those big gulps. Too much wasted time in the bathroom. So why Jerry and I are calling you Hey, Uncle is Steve, I'm really sorry, but we, we just don't have time for the call right now. We're, we're waiting for our, our next guest to call in. And I'm going to see you on Christmas Eve, okay? Well, Jerry and I have always been a part of your Christmas specials over the years. Yeah, I know. I don't I see know. now how this could ever be described as a special. Jerry, would you like to comment no, on this necessary. topic? Yeah, we never get any time anymore. It, it's like you're embarrassed of us or something. It's not personal, son. It's strictly business. I'm not, you know, embarrassed. I don't know about that, but, well, you know... Maybe a little bit, but seriously, we have a celebrity guest about to call in, and I'm being told by our intern, Chance, that we have to hang up now. Sorry. Merry Christmas. Blame it on the intern again, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah. You, you are in charge of the phones, Chance. That's right. It, it gives Spud plausible deniability. Remember, there is no I in team. Yeah, all right, we're going to play another Christmas tune right now. Uh, Deck the Halls by Metal Mike, Allison, and Julia. Uh... Be on the lookout for our next guest calling in, would you please? All right, Dave, hit it. to the Spud Goodman Christmas Special. Yes, we're back with Santa Claus and his Christmas kids. And what do we say, children? Merry Christmas! Yes, it's a Merry Christmas to everyone. And right now, I see a young man approaching who fairly has the Christmas spirit shining right on his face. What's your name, son? I'm Philip Crawford. Well, Philip, I see you're wearing your Boy Scout uniform. What patrol is that? Beaver Patrol. That's the way to say it. Well, now, let's see. Here's our next Santa Claus kid. What's your name, young man? Then came a man with an axe in his hand and much to Freddy's joy. He cut him down and took him to town where he caught the eye of a little boy. Now, Freddy, the little fir tree stands in the window wide, all green and red with an angel on his head and shines on the snow outside. Fathers and mothers... Do you know what your boy wants for Christmas more than anything else? A Schwinn bicycle. I've made a poll of the boys in my class at school, and 90% of them say, I want a Schwinn. Now, the reason is plain. Open every night till Christmas. Now, Betty, there's just one more question I want to ask. 
Did you see Santa Claus when you were looking at the dolls? Yes, I've seen lots of Santa Claus. I saw Santa in the star. I saw Santa in the star. I saw Santa in the star. And then right outside, I saw Santa ringing a bell. And then I saw Santa in a window. Mm-hmm. Why are there so many Santa Clauses? Why, Betty, everybody knows there's only one Santa Claus. But now, wait a minute. I'll ask him how you're able to see him in so many places. Santa, how come little Betty Kennedy saw you in three different places? I'm Santa Claus. I'm everywhere. You see me here, then you see me there. Every year I take a trip, I travel in my sleigh. It's really cold and windy at the North Pole where I stay. I'm Santa Claus, I'm everywhere. Santa and his Christmas kids will continue in just a moment over your favorite radio station, W-O-R-L-D. And here during the station break is space for a special selling commercial. And what do we say, children? You're a monster. Mr. Santa Claus. <laughs> well, now, we're just about out of time for today, but tomorrow we'll be with you again for another session of Santa Claus and his Christmas kids. We've had fun. We hope you have, too. And don't forget, how do we close this program? Merry Christmas! And that goes from all of us here to all of you out there. And now, Santa, take over. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Christmas Special. Uh, Spud, yeah. your next guest, David Rashi, is holding for you. Cool. We got Sledgehammer to come on our show. You know, that was one of my favorite TV shows back in the 80s. Yeah, I must not have watched that show back then. As I- I'm not familiar with it. Um, I think it'd be actually... Of course you're not. Yeah. Sledgehammer made it hard to watch any other cop show and not break out laughing, Gerald. They pretty much destroyed the cop show model. I know. And and since then, he's been in so many TV shows and movies, it took me a while to get through his IMDb. Has he done a Hallmark Channel movie? Then that's important. Uh, I don't know. Uh, He does have a new show out that he wants to talk about. Just put him through. Yeah, all right. Here he is. Please say hello to actor David Rashi. Uh, We appreciate you calling into our show, and I guess I should also wish you a happy holidays, too. Thank you very much. Same to you. So, you have a new TV series now streaming on PureFlix.com, Malibu Dan, The Family Man, and a new movie you know, coming out titled Swallow. You're a very busy guy. So, so what's the TV show about? Well, the TV show is, is a, uh, you know, if there ever was such a thing as a family television, this is it. It is really something that, you know, kids can watch and grown-ups can appreciate. Uh, you know, the family does not get shot at the end. It's not that kind of show. Uh, there is there's no medical equipment. There are no uh, badges, no guns, uh, no blood. It's just really good, funny home uh, family entertainment. Uh, oh. This guy David White plays the father, Malibu Dan. Clearly, they live in California, and his wife, lovely, and they have these two funny kids. And they run, you know, as as all families do, they run into bumps. They hit bumps along the way, and uh, he is kind of the – he and his wife both, I guess, they really – they figure it out. They try to figure out how, how – you know, how, how can we all get along? Uh, that's, I guess that's – I'd just stop right there. How can we all get along? It doesn't seem possible. Yeah, if you can figure that out, trouble. let me know. Let me know on that one. <laughs> well, you got to watch the shows, bud. All right, all right. Well, you know, David, your face is so <laughs> damn recognizable. I mean, you've been in a ton of TV shows and movies in the last 30 years. It must get old with people approaching you 
approaching you like at the DMV or the grocery store saying, hey, I know you. Does that get old? Well, it's, it's no, it's flattering. It's really nice. People are so uh, generally uh, um, kind of, it's, it, you, you kind of, you're like, for instance, you know, if you meet somebody in the street, you say, hi, you know, Jim, hi, I'm David, blah, blah, blah. And then it takes a while. You find out where they're from, and the time goes by, and you become friendly. But with 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 this situation, people kind of feel like they know me already, so we don't have to go through all that. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, mean, yeah. I don't know them, but I can find out pretty fast. And there's a kind of a um, a sort of familiarity, which is uh, makes it easy to talk to people because you have something in common. Right. You, know, you both knew something like a show or a movie or something like that. Right. So it's it's flattering. Well, I guess I would not know, but um, say you you started. I'm sure you do. Well, n- not come on, really. you can't walk down the streets of Seattle. You know that. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. Uh, Spud. Yes. Oh, I know you are often quite bitter about basically being anonymous after so many years doing your show, but I have to say, I am recognized all the time myself. I don't, yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I can't tell you how many times I've been stopped at a church function and asked by fellow members if I was the Gerald Holcomb from the radio. It feels pretty darn good, I must say. Hey, David, I need a moment. Uh, I don't think being approached by people at your church qualifies you as being famous. I mean, there's definitely an asterisk on that one. I know before my parents passed away, you know, I had and back when I had my cable TV show, yeah. a lot of their friends would ask if I was the Spud Goodman. Uh, I guess my mom especially would talk about me nonstop with them, all of her friends. And you know, now with you know being on the radio and an orphan, basically, I might as well be a ghost. Oh, it is true. Your mother really did brag about you to her friends. Yeah, when I had the TV show. Yeah, well, mostly when, when I had the radio you know, show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It I don't was think really so. mostly when you then. let her come on the show and and she could entertain. She would call all her friends to watch. She loved being in the spotlight. I think entertain's a generous term, but yeah, I mean, she always wanted to be a star. Uh-huh. Um, let me get back to David. I don't want him to fall asleep or anything. Okay, I'm back. Okay, good. Um, so you start in Sledgehammer, a very funny show on ABC in the 1980s, playing an inspector on the San Francisco Police Department. Supposedly, it was based on Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry character. Did he ever call or drop you a note about the show? Because it was hard, you know, it was kind of hard taking Harry seriously after Sledgehammer. <laughs> he never did. I, he's, he's a lovely guy. I worked with him. I did a movie with him. Uh, but I would say humor is not necessarily his forte. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that he would have really uh, considered um, Sledgehammer as a, being a uh, compliment. My guess is probably not. Right. So, no, we never did hear from him. Uh, but, yeah, there was part of it. You know, Alan Spencer, who created the show, was head writer. Um, he was uh, – Dirty Harry was certainly – you know, Dirty Harry and all of his brothers, you know, because during those days, you know, in the 80s, uh, were full of uh, the, of uh, righteous policemen, right, uh, who had to take over when the legal system was inadequate, right? Yeah. Uh, take over. Yeah. You know, which, uh, which I, th- I think was not necessarily very uh, helpful for the country uh, because, uh, but anyway, uh, and Sledgehammer was just kind of the comic version of that. Right, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood on, on, on a very bad. He shot where Clint Eastwood, 
you know, sled shot everything. Jaywalkers didn't matter. Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty free with the gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you bet. So, how about police officers? Did, did you ever get any feedback from them? Like, if you ever got pulled over, did they cut you some slack because of the show? Okay, don't tell anybody this, bud. But yes, uh-huh. I have gotten. I have. I shouldn't say this because I have avoided uh, prison time. Uh, well, not prison time, but yes, I have. They have been, especially back then. Uh, they were, you know, they were very, very, very forgiving. Uh, and, but you know that there was one episode where uh, there, what a, what a police officer had been killed, and Sledge had to go and tell the wife what happened. And uh, police departments have used uh, that uh, that segment as an example of what not to do when oh. you are a police officer. Oh. So we we served we served we helped we served a purpose. Okay, well we showed what not to do. Well, I, I know I would not be too proud to use my show to get out of a failure to yield or say an excessive noise violation of my car stereo. But no cops have ever recognized sure. me. They've never recognized me because radio is not that helpful. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Well, let me... well, when the minute you start the minute you start talking, they go, "I know that voice." Well. Okay, I, I like your very positive attitude. Um, I'm, I'm feeling better. I got very a little positive. bounce on my step. So uh, let me hit you with this. <laughs> Early, earlier in your life, you attended the University of Chicago's School of Divinity, studying to be a minister. Are, are there some similarities yes. in the acting profession and being in the pulpit? Well, uh, yeah, you know, you're in front of people, for one thing. And, of course, I, like everybody else, uh, you know, always wanted to, uh, you know, be like my dad. I mean, who doesn't want to right. be like their dad? Uh so that was always, I'm sure, in the back of my mind, if not in the front. And um, he was a performer. You know, my dad was a, uh, he never was, he never did plays and like that, but he played the guitar, he sang folk songs, he delivered his sermons. Uh, he was always in front of people. He was always directing things. And, you know, if there was a dinner, he was the one who spoke and he gave the prayer. And so I guess I, uh, it looked like visibility was the way to go if you were gonna could do something with your life, and uh, I would was not. Um, I would say that it was. Uh, how can I say this? I am. I am a. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm not an, an atheist, but I, I don't know that I could. Um, I know be what a you're Christian gonna say. Minister. Yeah, I hear, I'm, I'm with you. I hear you. I'm struggling with. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> Let me hit you with the last question, and this is kind of holiday-related. Sure. If you could be Santa this Christmas, what would be the one thing you would wish you could give to the world? You know, maybe besides like free Wi-Fi for everyone. Just is there anything that comes to mind? Well, let's see. Yes, I would. I would try to give the world a few degrees lower temperature. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you you believe in science? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know it sounds odd. And Radical I'm Hollywood guy. You, okay. called, you called me out here. I know. Yeah. I know. All right. Well, and thank you for that because I think it's <laughs> well, it's definitely needed. Uh, so, all right. Yeah. I know you got to head, so uh, head out and do probably have a meeting or something. So I will say again that uh, you are co-starring in the PureFlix.com show, Malibu Dan the Family Man, and also co-star in the new film Swallow coming soon to a theater uh, near all of us and will be available on demand, I'm guessing. So thanks so much for coming on our show. Lovely to talk to you, Spud. Good luck to you. And have another coffee there in Seattle, huh? Yeah, super. Merry Christmas. There you go, Mr. David Rashi. (laughs) Merry Christmas. This is the Spud Goodman Show Christmas Special. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Welcome back to the show. One of our favorite artists, Mr. Kai Alfred Hillig. Thanks for coming into the studio. As I guess you could be at home decorating your real or, I don't know, fake tree, wrapping presents, or maybe just trying to get into this whole holiday ordeal thing. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Glad to be here. Well, from your perspective, do you feel Christmas has gotten out of control, or do you think it, it still needs to, to go a little bigger, you know, like start the holiday season right after St. Patrick's Day? I say go bigger. Why not? Hey. It's my favorite holiday. Go big. I right. like it. Yeah. Super. Maybe add in some fireworks. Excuse oh. me. Um, wow. did, did I ask you? Particularly, well, it was I was really no, directing I was, I was my question <laughs> to our musical guest. All right. All but I right. uh, know your role. Sorry. Um, so, what's your favorite holiday tradition? I mean, anything you particularly enjoy besides obviously free cookies everywhere you go this time of year? We, by the way, even have some semi-stale snickerdoodles. Uh, over there, if if you want one, I'll have to grab one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I like decorating the tree and having a few. <laughs> okay, all right. That's that's basic. I like that. Okay. Um, is there one Christmas song that drives you to the edge of insanity? Where if you hear it one more time, you could possibly have a psychotic break. Jingle Bell Rock because it gets wedged in my head and doesn't leave. Mm. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a holiday earworm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. Super. I'll let that go. Um, Kai, do you have any New Year's Eve resolutions written down? I got one so far. I'll just lead it off. Because, eh, mine is like to try to bring a handkerchief with me you know, so I don't have to use my sleeve so much. I don't know about you. What do you got? I, I, uh, I don't really do resolutions. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I think not using your sleeve is probably a good move. Right. Yeah. Okay, well... You got another holiday tune for us because this is kind of like a holiday, you know. Show yeah, this is a this is a uh, song about a Christmas many many moons ago. This is uh, Christmas 1998. Oh, let's do it. Who lied and said you were a party? Told you everybody's eyes were watching you Well, some nights You're waking and it's morning Had a blizzard's worth of snowing While you dreamt And oh, how the days go by Is a spy, Goodman Goodman Show. Show. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. 
hey, this is Ken Osmond, Eddie Haskell, and I can't believe I've actually made the Spud Goodman show. I've made it. I'm a top star now. Ho, ho, ho. You're tuned in on Santa Claus. A Merry Christmas, everyone. Santa hopes you all have fun. So hang the holly, ring the chimes. May Christmas bring you jolly times. You know, Spud? Yeah? Over the last few years, in lieu of me sending out a Holcomb holiday newsletter, I've made sort of my Christmas address to our listeners, uh, and I thought this right now might be a good time to, for me uh, to maybe prepare. for the good of the show decide to forego what has been a total waste of airtime. Oh. You're worth more dead than you are alive. A waste of airtime? I can assure you, my wife, uh, my children, and pretty much most of my church tune in each year to our holiday special solely to hear my address. I must have gotten. Four or five emails this week asking if I was going to do it. Uh, one person emailing you a few times is not exactly a mandate. If I give you one. like 15, maybe 20 seconds, will that shut you up? I still have some things that i got to cover before we sign off. No, it would not be sufficient, but I will accept your terms and attempt to make it work. Good call, yo. <clears throat> okay, well, as this is such a special time of the year, I, I mean, it's clearly my favorite as well, the second, my second most favorite, it's got to be the harvest time in the early fall, you know. Now, that's pretty special, too, because uh, har- I like to get apples. Harvest time? You don't own a farm. Well, I, I don't even think you have a garden in your backyard. <laughs> no, no, I don't. But I've always dreamed of being a farmer. It's such a noble profession. Well, yeah, it's a hell of a lot more noble than being a, a temporary co host on a radio show. I mean, uh, farmers feed the world, so I get it, but your lawn in the summer always looks totally dead and brown, and, and you spend a buttload of money on stuff to make it look decent. It, it just seems to me, you know, that everything you touch with your green thumb dies. Russia, if you're listening. Not everything. The ivy is growing like heck in our backyard. And, by the way, it's temporary permanent co-host. Yeah, oh, well, by the way, nothing can kill ivy. It's one giant green weed. Spud. The show's orchestra, accordion Joe, is called in again. He's okay. on hold. Yeah. Do you want to speak with him? Um, wait, can you, like, accidentally hang up on him one more time? Once was enough. A second time would be pushing it. Stop being weak! All right, okay, fine. Just just put him through. I'll deal with it. Joe, are you there? Do you really think you could do a Christmas special and not include me? Are there no prisons? Uh, no, of course not. Of course not. You know, we were, you know, and you're, you're on tape. You're included on the show, you know, with on tape or whatever we used to record you. Uh, but uh, you want to do a holiday song right now over the phone. Oh, fine, whatever, right? What the hell do you think I'm calling in about, Spud? I am this show's damn orchestra, dude. Come on now. Even, even if you only play a recorded version of me these days. So what? Are you ready to hear five or six songs? I'm not uh, ready to go, Spudmeister. Five, uh, five or six, no. Um, but how, how about like a little tiny bit of um, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. That's one of yours, I know. You, you do it all the time. Just, just don't do your adult version as, as we have that FCC thing to deal with. All right. Here we go. Okay. This is it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. 
Dear, do you think he'll be upset we hung up on him again? Probably. So, so Chance, can I ask if your parents still give you a bunch of presents on Christmas Day? Because with my aunt showering you with a ton of stuff on your list, it just doesn't seem fair or even legal for you to have so many freaking packages to open. There are all kinds of perversions. Actually, our family opens presents on Christmas Eve, so I'll have a few hour break before Dorothy and I exchange our gifts Christmas morning. Oh, you know, the Holcombs are a Christmas morning family. We put the kids to bed at 8.30 or so on Christmas Eve, and we begin the wrapping process. Uh, you put your oldest, Gerald Jr., who's like 17 years old, to bed at 8.30 on Christmas Eve? I, I seriously yeah. doubt he's sleeping in his room. That's ridiculous. At the least, he's like checking out Pornhub or something. Oh, no. Well, all of our children try to get their full 11 hours of sleep each night. So Christmas Eve really is no different than most nights. Oh, yeah, whatever. So, so Chance, I got to ask you this. At your age, you know, you would think your parents would have cut you down to at least one or two presents. I hate toys. I mean, it just seems to me you're using my Aunt Dorothy as a surrogate parent, a parent who for some reason feels she, she has to spoil you rotten. Spud, you will never understand the power of love. No, he won't, honey. And he has always enjoyed receiving much more than giving. Uh, <sighs> Okay, I do plead guilty on that charge, all right? Uh, hey, they're telling me I have to wrap this gala special up, so I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Happy birthday! So, oh yeah, I forgot to say, uh, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Happy Hanukkah, and have a great Kwanzaa, too. Uh, let's go out with a little taste of Jingle Bells by the Duke Ellington Orchestra later.
Copyright 2018, Spud Goodman Productions. Now, Chance, looking at your Christmas gift list, do you really want or need virtual reality equipment from the Defense Department? There are perfectly good PlayStation VR devices available at Best Buy. But anyone can get their hands on that stuff. Yeah? I would prefer the real official gear our special forces utilize when they prepare for their black ops missions. It can simulate the most hazardous scenarios imaginable. Now that would be cool. But I really don't feel comfortable going on the dark web to buy anything, not just stolen equipment from the government. It's just not an ethical place to do Christmas shopping. Ethics are subjective, Dorothy. Really? You could make a case that the dark web is just an online farmer's market for hard-to-find stuff. <laughs> so, if you see a flamethrower for under $800, that would be awesome. Think how cool it would be to have on camping trips. Uh, yeah, yeah. I am not buying you a flamethrower. No, no. That is not happening, honey. Okay, fine. I'm not going to demand anything. Whatever you give me for Christmas will be fine. I think you'll really like what I'm getting you. Well, whatever you get me will be fine, of course. Just not any one of those dumb gadgets they sell on late night TV. My mom always loves to get those things. You can use around the house from my dad. Like those automatic potato peelers or the magical toilet bowl cleaner. But okay, <laughs> I'll find something else this year. Uh, so, I need to drive to the store on the way home, Chance. When you get back to your parents' house, maybe we can have some FaceTime for a while. Yeah, that would be good. And I'll wear the pajamas you got me for my birthday. Bye. Bye-bye, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> 